0: Good:
1: Well, as you know, it is Student Mission Sunday, and so we get to share with you um, some stories from our adventures in Costa Rica and in Green Bay. So we went to Costa Rica back in June. We were there for seven days, and uh, had a great time, great experience. I've never been on an international mission trip before, and so that was something new for me, but super fun. And then uh, in July, a couple weeks ago, we went to Green Bay with our middle school students and had a great time. Our middle school students are awesome. It was just so much fun to be with them. So we're excited to be with you this morning, and thank you for the opportunity to let us share with you our stories. You know, uh, when when you've had one of those weeks, uh, that literally nothing goes right? Well, I was blessed to have one of these weeks this past week. Uh, forget, for, I, I got sick early in the week. I was trying to finish homework for class, um, to trying to get a leg up on our student ministry schedule for the year, to leaving my Bible, my favorite Bible, the thin-lined NIV that's brown leather, and it feels so good in your hands. I left it in Green Bay. Whoops. Uh, To the light bulb in my office slash second bedroom, uh, you know, shorting out when I flipped the switch to go work on a paper. Awesome. Uh, To the dishwasher clogging in my apartment. And then there was technology on top of that. We'll just leave it at that for my week, okay? Um, So maybe you've had a similar week. Maybe it was this past week that you had a little rough of a week. Maybe it was the week before or A time I know you probably experienced one of those weeks that you just had it up to here, right? Maybe it was a week that it was a couple big things that just sort of rocked your week. Maybe it was a week like mine that had just a multitude of small things that just kept nagging at you and nipping at you, and they just seemed like it took all of your joy away from your week. You can't catch a break. I've been there. Uh, Preparing for this morning, I went back and forth about what scripture we were going to use. And on Tuesday, uh, Pastor Steve actually read um, some scripture in in, um, the meeting that he wrote in the journals of the students. And it reminded me, I was like, oh, well, we used that scripture to, when we were prepping for this mission trip, I said, ding, 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 ding. Thank you, Jesus. That's the one we're going to use. So thank you. We appreciate your help. (laughs) So in this letter, Paul is the author of the book of Philippians. And Paul is sitting in a jail as he writes the letter to the church of Philippi. Uh, Paul had a great relationship with the believers there um, from one of his journeys that he took. And so he decides to write them a letter of joy and love and encouragement. Paul speaks um, specifically about joy in this letter to the church in Philippi. Specifically, in service, this chapter 2 that we read from today. This joy that we find in Christ. So if you would like to join me um, in your Bibles, um, we're going to look at Philippians together. The second chapter, and it's in your your Bible, page 1179 is where we're at. So you can follow along with us. So right before chapter 2, Paul finishes talking about joy and suffering. Which I think is quite uh, interesting, the fact that we just finished three weeks talking about suffering and Job. I thought that was interesting. Uh, But now he talks about joy in service. Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united in Christ, if any comfort from love, if any common sharing in the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love. Being one in spirit and one in mind, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain. Oh, my pages are out of order. Oh my goodness gracious! Sorry, everybody. Uh, do not do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Not looking on your own interests, but of each of you to the interests of others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset of Christ Jesus. We have encouragement from Christ. We have comfort from his love. Uh, In my 1984 version of the NIV, it says fellowship with the Spirit. This said um, common sharing with the Spirit. And then there's tenderness and compassion. Then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love. Can I just say I'm not so sure that Paul's joy would have been made complete after the week that I had. I did not really catch myself having moments of tenderness and compassion this week. Let's move on. Verse 3. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility value others above yourself. Whoops. I didn't do that, a, a great job of that either this week. Okay. We'll move on. Verse 5. Your attitude should be like that of Christ Jesus. Yeah. That was not the case for Polly this week. I think I probably would have failed according to Paul's uh second chapter of the book of Philippi. Definitely did not listen to Paul. So, you might be wondering, uh is there going to be any good news here? Uh, you know, this is not a Debbie Downer service. Um no, this there is there is hope, there is good coming our way. Here it is. So, when I read the scripture over and over again, I found myself saying, "Well, duh." We've been taught live in the spirit, live with Christ, Christ's mind on us, um, live in servanthood, serve others, love others. Yeah, I got that. I've heard that over and over and over again. And then it clicked last night. A light bulb went off. That life is life. I can't stop things from happening in life. And those things that I can control, like work and leaving my Bible in Green Bay, Jesus forgive me, this is life. It happens. Things are going to happen in our life. I can't stop them from happening around me, but I do have a choice in the mindset in the midst of all of this, in the midst of all the failure and all of my accidents, that I continue to pursue to have the same mindset of Christ, that of a servant. I was so wrapped up in my week, I missed serving those around me. I'm sure the believers in Philippi left their Bibles in places and their dishwashers became clogged Anybody? Yeah? Yeah? All right. They didn't have Bibles in Philippi. Just kidding, everybody. Okay, Uh, so maybe um, Paul in the book of Philippians, uh, maybe he's writing to the church there about affirmation, saying, way to go, go be servants, you guys are doing a great job. Maybe Paul is writing to them to encourage them to go and be servants and have that like-mindedness of Christ. But I'll let you grapple with this idea. Some people ask me why, why would I go on a mission trip or what's so important about it? There are plenty of people to serve around us that that need that love. Absolutely, I would say yes, you're correct. But when you go on a mission trip, you are able to turn your life off for a week or at least put it aside and have an intentional mind and attitude that of Paul's talking about here in Philippians to be intentional, to be purposeful in our serving and loving. It is from there that you can translate what you experience, the relationships that you build, the, ex- the, the reflection that you have from your mission trip, and you can bring that back into your life and apply it to whatever normal, everyday, dishwasher clogging sort of life that you might have. So we have to learn it somewhere. We have to learn serving and loving somewhere. So why not as students? Our students gave up a week of their summer to participate in missions, whether it was about the location that was exciting to them uh, or the service that they were going to be able to do was exciting to them, or maybe the fact they got to be with their friends that was exciting to them. Or maybe it's the simple fact that their parents made them go. Whatever the case may be, um, they were put in an environment with other students to be like-minded like that of Christ. So now you you know that when you work with middle school students and high school students, there will always be some shenanigans that happens on a mission trip. Uh, But behind that shenanigans, there's hearts and hands who are serving and loving people. Here's the clincher for our students, though. It's the work of the spirit within our students. They serve not because they are better than those that they are serving or they want to be puffed up by serving but truly I believe that they have hearts for others and simply just wanting to help out wherever and however they can, just for the sake of another. Beginning with uh, verse 6 in the second chapter, Paul describes why Christ is our, our image of what it means to be a servant. Who, being the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing, by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness and being found as, in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming, death, by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Christ didn't serve with his equality of God's status. Christ came to our earth, came to earth as a human, taking on flesh and blood to show us what it means to love and to serve. He did this humbling himself to the death. And if that's not a great example of what servanthood is, I don't know what it is. You might have heard this saying, humility is not thinking less of yourself, but thinking of yourself less. I'll say that again. It takes a little while to sink in. Humility is not thinking less of yourself, but thinking of yourself less. This is a powerful statement that I think puts humility into layman's terms fairly well for us. So I might think that this was C.S. Lewis who said this, but this was actually Rick Warren, who was an author of The Purpose Driven Life. He wrote a book, um, That Purpose Driven Life, back in the early 2000s. So Warren took what Lewis had said back in his book, Mere Mere Christianity, and sort of uh, wrote it for um, a modern day book. I think what Lewis has to say is even more profound than what Warren had to say. He says this, Do not imagine if you meet a really humble man that he will be most of what people call humble nowadays. He will not be a sort of greasy, smarmy person who is always telling you that, of course, he is nobody. Probably all of you will think about him is that he seems to be a cheerful, intelligent chap who took a real interest in what you said to him. If you do dislike him, it will be because you feel a little envious of anyone who seems to enjoy life so easily. He will not be thinking about humility. He will not be thinking about himself at all. We can serve our neighbors, absolutely. Service is good. But when Christ is the reason and the center and the example of why we serve and why we love— out comes joy. Joy abandoned. Or it, it abounds, excuse me. Joy is everywhere. And I believe this is the same joy that our students experienced on their mission trips this summer. I'm going to invite those who are going to share their stories to come on up at this time, and um, you'll be able to hear um, stories from their mission trips, from their um, experiences specifically. So'll. We'll let them grab their spots. Does somebody want to grab the yellow mic? Oh, yes, we need both of them. Yes, thank you. <laughs> awesome. So this is our crew, five of them from Costa Rica and Green Bay. Uh, we're going to start with Costa Rica, and they just uh, if you would like to uh, share with everybody who
2: you are and um, a story from your, from your trip. Hello, my name is Ben Havens. Um, I went on the Costa Rica trip. So one really cool thing that we got to do was we got to go to a soccer game. And what was different about the soccer game was we had no idea what we were getting into. <laughs> so we put on sunscreen and bug spray and hats and then we drive to this place, and we get to this big metal like warehouse-looking building, and we realize that it's inside. So we're probably looking kind of weird, these American people going inside this indoor soccer place. Mm-hmm. And so we go inside, and then we figure out that it's gonna be a soccer game between two like suburbs, which one of them is Plavis, which is like more gang, Like a gang suburb. And then the other one is La Carpio, which is more of a really super poor suburb. And so, like at the beginning, they all got in a circle and they, like the leaders, explained that this was like a friendly match and it wasn't like gonna be any violence or anything. And we later realized that this whole entire thing happened because. Uh, our group went there and paid to rent the facility, and this was the first time that it ever happened, so that was really cool. Mm-hmm. And we, uh, it ended up that like, they invited for a few people from our group to play on the soccer teams, so me and Tom and a few other people like, volunteered, and then so we got to go on the soccer teams and play with people who yeah, were from,
1: yeah, we're not talking like middle school students playing soccer either. We're talking like college-age young adults playing yeah. soccer. So so they <laughs> were like so really
2: competitive, and it was pretty fun <laughs> and
1: exciting. <laughs> <laughs> that was probably one of the highlights from our
2: trip, absolutely. Yeah, it was really
1: cool. Awesome. Thanks, Ben, for sharing. Is there anything else you want to
2: share? Any other story um, or experience? Well, at the end of the soccer game, we served them... Room temperature hot dogs with cabbage and mayo, (laughs) and they thought that was like the best. Yeah, that's what they have there. And most of them, it was probably the only meal they had had that day, Mm -hmm. so that was was really cool. And um, like after all the soccer games, we went into like a different room, and the older kids from Pavas, who were actually like 30 and 40, they shared like their testimonies with the younger, like, teenagers Mm -hmm. from La Carpio, and shared how they got out of the gang and started in this new program, and how they started their lives over.
1: Yeah, it was really a cool moment, um, because we couldn't really understand anything, what they were saying, but you could just tell that there was this emotion, and that students were, like, understanding what, whatever the, the, the person that was sharing their testimony, what they were saying, and they were um getting into into that so it was just cool to experience that sort of on the outside but yeah sorry (laughs) you want to go next awesome
3: and my name is drew and i went on the costa rica mission trip as well and um uh my favorite part of the trip was that there is a bible school in tarasas which is another suburb of costa rica or of san jose that we went to um and it's kind of a poor area as well. And so this Bible school is like a, it provides hope to the community. But um, the community didn't really know what it was because they just built it. And so there's not a, there's no signage or like logos on the outside to, um, to let people know what it was. So me and a couple other people painted the Christ for the City logo on the side of the building. And um, when our mission leader, Gretel, came back and saw it she was um really happy with it because then it gave the bible school some visibility and identity within the community and it could be like a a beacon of light to that community
1: yeah that was a really cool thing that you guys were able to do um you'll see a picture of that building um in the end of um their high school costa rica video um and that's a building that's uh Faith Westwood has spent a lot of time at, uh, I wanna say we might have even painted the building on the outside, but um, you'll, you'll recognize it um, from previous pictures and videos from previous trips. So it's really cool to be there and be a part of that story, like a story there, but still a story that Faith Westwood is continuing to, um, to love and, and to um, pour into that, to that community. Costa Rica is great. We spent time at the park, um, spent time downtown, just sort of getting to know what, you know, market was like. Um, what else did we do?
2: We, f- uh, we fed we went- the homeless. Yep, we fed the homeless. parked park
1: downtown. That's right. We, uh, one day, we went to a, two days, we went to a, um, a school and just sort of put on a uh, after school, sort of hang out with kids and um, share with them who we were. Was, you'll see uh, some video of that as well. Drew, were you gonna say something? Yeah.
3: And uh, one day we had lunch with like a bunch of people yeah. from the Terracis area in the Bible school. that came to um, the, the school and then we like, we made sandwiches and brought fruit for them. And, and then we kind of intermingled with them during lunch and we tried to communicate with them and um, heard their stories. And I really liked that experience.
2: Yeah. Um, another really awesome experience was that we got to go do prayer walks in Tarassus. Mm-hmm. So we would get a group of a few adults and a few students, and we would take rice and beans and maybe some clothes that we had brought in. And we would go to like a home that one of the ladies knew was in need in the area. And we would go and pray for them and give them the rice and beans. And it was really interesting to see like the living conditions really impactful. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Um, So orange shirt people, if you um, have questions, these are our Costa Rica people. So ask questions. What was this like? Or I want to hear more about that. Those are the people that you want to talk to about that. Um, So our middle school trip just got back from Green Bay, and we went with an organization that um, has actually other churches come along with. And so there we were one of Four churches and um, throughout our day when we would break up into different um, sites we were broken up um, not specifically all faith Westwood students and so our students got to be with other students and other adults and um, and to serve alongside of them so each one of our adults went with a, uh, a group but um, also got the opportunity to, to serve alongside other people so each of these three kids students um, all served on a different crew. And so they will tell you a little bit about their crew and what they got to do.
4: I'm uh, Alec Dyer, and my group was with the nursing home. And as Polly said, um, we were not with entirely Faith Westwood. So there were about three other people that were with Faith Westwood, and everyone else was just from like, a different church in Minnesota. And so we really got to know each other. We really got to bond well, and that helped with the working. But we worked at this nursing home, and in the back, there was this giant garden, like not a food garden, but just flowers everywhere and it was it was such a beautiful place, and statues everywhere and we there we go that's better um, in the back, there was a uh, train like little train track, and it was in like a village all around it, just in this like hidden back behind like trees and it was a really, really cool train set and it was just really, really small. And the guy, John, who was working there, he said that it wasn't gonna run for the entire year. He said that it wasn't gonna run it because it was just just too much work to put into. And we were really, really curious. We really wanted to do this. So days went by and eventually Thursday came. So we were gonna leave, what, Saturday? Friday. 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 Mm -hmm. And so we wouldn't even be at that place on Friday. So Wednesday, we worked so hard on the train track. We just he, he said that we could and that we might be able to run it if we put enough work into it. And we cleared out all the tracks, took out all the rocks, and we like worked on it so hard for the, just the entire day. And then Thursday, we went to this little like, tool shed, and at the very top of the shelf, there was a train. And so we picked it out, and we got the circuit running again and cleared it up because it was covered in like spider webs and leaves. And then we actually put it on the track and it started running. And this was like super exciting. But then, you know, one train isn't enough. So we went <laughs> to the shed and got carts. And we had this animal cart that we put a bear inside. We had a dining cart that lit up, but we couldn't get that to work. So it was just there. And it was a lot of fun just playing with that train. <laughs> like we were all acting like five-year-olds, but it was, it was a really <laughs> cool train.
1: So this garden is something that YouthWorks had started um, and it's something that YouthWorks, the company that we went with, uh, the organization, they um, every year send people to go and keep this garden up because it's something that this facility can't. And so um, this train was something that was sort of not planned, but was awesome.
4: Yeah, that's all I got.
1: Awesome. Did I steal your thunder? Okay, sorry. <laughs> Next.
5: Hi, I'm Colton Stock. Um, my group uh, was a few kids from Faith Westwood, and then we were mixed with a church from Iowa. And my group worked at St. Vincent de Paul, which was a thrift store. And so we walked into the thrift store, and it's, you know, not too big, not too small. But so then we get to the back. And it is just massive warehouse. And we later found out that most of these people were volunteers. And so we were in the back thrift sorting, like through all the stuff uh, for three hours a day. And you'll be really surprised at what people think is worth donating (laughs) because there is a lot of random stuff. Yes, Like we found a typewriter. Um,
1: You know, like one of the old ones, not one that plugs in. You got to return. Yeah. Uh
5: And so then. (laughs) After that, we went to our retirement home to call bingo, and they don't mess around there. <laughs> so, yeah, you got to call it nice and loud so they can hear you. But then after that, you just had conversations with them, and they loved just talking with people. So.
1: It's definitely a mix of like work ministry and relational ministry. So it's cool to see sort of both of those. Elise? Hi, I'm Elise
6: Dorn, and um, I was with a group that was like a couple Faith Westwood. There was like three of us, and then I worked with some people from Minnesota and Iowa and uh, Wisconsin, and uh, we did more than just like one thing, but one of my favorite things that we did was we went to a house, that was called the Golden House, it was like a small apartment, and. Um, It was for people who were abused in their families, and they were mostly women. Like, there were some men, but not a lot, but it was mostly women and children. And uh, we got to, like, organize the storage rooms and stuff, but uh, one of my favorite things that we did was we played with the kids there, because they usually don't have a lot of people to play with, and there was probably 12 of us, so we all got to play with the kids and um, we got to um, play tag and stuff, and this one girl, it was her birthday, and so we made a cake for her, and she usually doesn't get birthdays because it's just not something that's common to her in her life, so uh, we had a special birthday party for her, and she really enjoyed it, so
1: that was one of my favorite things. That's really cool. Simple as thi- A simple thing like a birthday cake will we'll rock somebody's world. Um, so, these are just some quick stories um, from our trips. Um, we have some other students who um, offered to do some uh, videoing for you. I'm um, just processing through their journey. So, we will watch that video.
7: I think that the biggest thing that I learned about myself throughout this entire trip is that I'm capable and I'm willing to do a lot more things out of my comfort zone than I realized. Whether it comes to praying instead of having an adult do it, or having the kids and having them play with me, just things like that that I didn't know that I'd be comfortable with, is actually really fun and I'm really interested in it.
8: What I learned about myself preparing for the trip is that I was really nervous about going on the trip. It was my first mission trip and I just really wanted it to be the best. What I learned about myself on the trip was that I am a person who really doesn't like to get out of their comfort zone. I like to be around people that I know and that I love. What I learned about myself on the back coming back from the trip was that I am a person who worries a lot. I had a lot of worries going on the trip, coming back, and preparing for the trip. I learned that I had a lot more patience
0: than I thought I did, because when working with some of the elderly um, personnel, they had a hard time remembering stuff, so they'd ask you stuff again and again, and I had a lot more patience than I thought I would.
5: Basically, it put me on the comfort zone, because I've never been in that type of situation, that environment before, so it was something new for me.
4: Uh, Definitely the gardening. Pulling weeds first. I mean, I don't usually do that and it's kind of, okay, it's extremely boring. Uh, We have to clear about a three-foot path and it was grown in probably to about seven or eight inches. So
8: that's one thing that I did not expect to do. Um, My comfort zone involves people that I know and serving with them. And God took me out of my comfort zone on the trip when YouthWorks told us that we weren't going to be serving with our group from church. I was really nervous of if people were really going to like me or not. And that was an experience that I had getting out of my comfort zone.
3: Um, At the end of the week, sort of, when we started to like hang out more and talk more. We all became like really good friends and stuff.
0: I was worried that cuz we stayed at the same place for the entire week and I was worried that you'd get like a little tired of doing the same thing every day, but every day we did something different. We had a lot of fun with the um, residents at the home.
7: No, I mean, so I was very scared about the whole connecting with people when you've never even known them, and especially connecting about Jesus and God and talking all about that, which is very very personal. So it's very different to talk about that with strangers.
5: It put me in your like perspective, you know, like you don't just have to help people at the Mr. trip, but in all different settings you know even at home
3: so like one there for like serving others like that we don't need to serve others to like expect anything or that you want to be fun Mm -hmm. and like the good like on the mission trip the good life to get the good life you have to sort of give it to others and then go receive it too Mm
8: -hmm. when i was on the trip i met a lot of people i served a lot and i got to meet people's background stories Now that I'm back, um, I feel interested in helping out my community, getting to meet people around my neighborhood, and showing people the love of God and what God can do to you when you serve.
7: I think that after this trip, it's opened my eyes to a lot of things, not only seeing how they lived and how lucky we are in this world, but also I think it changed me the fact that I can go up and talk to people easier about my faith And things like that because it's really difficult. Again, talking with strangers and getting to know them when you have barely even talked to your closest friends about your faith and having to proclaim what you believe and things like that to strangers is really, really difficult.
0: Back to the patience thing. I have become a lot more patient, and it really helped me become more patient with my siblings and parents. And it shows me how like lucky we are because to be able to have all the stuff we have and just to be with family is really nice. Hi, I'm Anna, and I was blessed to be able to return to Costa Rica to be part of an amazing adventure. I learned that I have lots to learn, but I also learned that I have so much. I have a home, a loving family, supportive church family, opportunities and daily necessities that can be taken for granted. I appreciate them more and thank God for my blessings. The one thing that took me out of my comfort zone was the communication barriers. It was so difficult to talk with others due to the different languages. I stuck with it and started to understand some words. Communication did start to happen. I was so excited to go on this trip and thank everyone that made it happen. Carlos and Gretel. Gretel's humor was so awesome and unforgettable. And to this church that supports opportunities like these.
5: What's up, it's your boy, Phil. And as you guys know, I was on that mission trip to Costa Rica, you know what I'm saying? And I just wanna let you guys know, it was a great experience. Super memorable, and I would say one of the things that made it so memorable was getting to see all the um, houses and stuff where they lived and playing with the kids at the park was super great. And I would say the hardest thing for me, stepping out of my comfort zone, would be feeding the homeless just because of the language barrier. It was very hard to understand some of the time, and it was just super great. And I just wanted to thank everyone for donating money and helping with that, and it was super great. See ya.
1: You know when I said shenanigans, do you understand what shenanigans means now? Yeah. No, they were great. Um, we just had a really great trip in Costa Rica, a really great time in Green Bay. Obviously, you heard some really great stories, um, heard some really good processing and what that looks like now that we're back home. Um, so I would, I would encourage, if you have questions, grab one of these students or a participant who went, they have their shirts on today, and ask them. Um, they would love to tell you more about their trip and, and how it affected them. Um, to end our time together, we're going to show you a couple, um, our two videos from our trip. They're pretty short, but um, just to give you some more pictures or video of our, our time in Green Bay and Costa Rica.